0: This is Family Electric like Ghost, and we're live on Facebook. You can see our, our Facebook address where we're running live on the bottom streaming. I'm um, with um, Sticky. Are you guys, where are you guys right now? We are sitting in my apartment in Cleveland. Yep. Ohio. Cool. I'm you know, welcome. I'm in uh, New Hampshire.
1: <laughs> oh, wow.
0: In my little home studio with all my gear. <laughs> <laughs> nice.
1: That's pretty nice. I like That's the fun. blue hue. Blue hue
0: yeah, uh, I got all my sense standing stand behind me, They're giving me my courage. but um, <laughs> <laughs> um So yeah, let's we'll get into it. I know you've got a brand new single, but I like to go through and to kind of talk um, out the questions I've sent you, and then we will focus on your brand new single as part of this whole um, conversation. That's awesome. So, so I always ask. Sometimes I only have like uh, duos on or singer-songwriters, and I got a full band, so I don't know who wants to ask this answer this first. But I always ask the artists I talk to: uh, When did they first get into music? You know, at like what age? So you know, I don't know who wants to go
2: first with that. We go
3: from left to
2: right. All right. Um, I got into music. Uh, by the way, uh, I play bass for the band. Um, I got into music in fourth grade. Uh, I picked up trumpet because my dad had talked about how he played that in high school. So I got super excited to play what my dad played in high school. Uh, I started on trumpet, played that for a bit, and then realized that bass was more fun and cooler. So here we are. <laughs> I'm Jerry. I
4: play drums. I basically like also had it throughout my whole childhood, starting like a super young age. Not a super musical family, but like it was always around and picked it up and found my passion in it. Yeah.
3: I'm Connor. I'm the lead guitarist. I uh, let's see. I started playing flute in fourth grade. Yeah. Um, and then at some point switched to like real instruments. Flute's <laughs> <It's not like laughs> a real <wizard>. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so then I switched to guitar and bass in high school, and I've stuck with those ever since. Well, I was a
0: clarinet, so I have respect for that. <laughs> I started on the clarinet, and then went to keyboard, so I yeah, I get that. <laughs>
3: nice.
5: Uh, I'm Nick, uh, lead singer, and just for as long as I've been, I can remember, music has been a huge part of my life. Uh, my dad plays the guitar, and there's pictures of me at one year old sitting on his lap while he's playing, like making up a song
1: about pumpkins. So <laughs> it's something we've been doing. That's cool. I'm Mac, I'm the rhythm guitarist and auxiliary vocalist. Um, I started playing in fourth grade, I started playing clarinet, um, and then moved over to the saxophone, um, and then played baritone saxophone for a little while. And then, sophomore year of high school, I was doing a lot of writing, so I picked up my dad's old guitar and started to learn to play guitar, to so just add more to the writing.
0: Cool. Well, you could have gone the jazz route, but you went the rock route. <laughs> <laughs> I do like playing jazz sax, but... Yeah, yeah. So um, so how long have you guys been working on music as, you, as, like, in bands? When did you guys first start getting into, like, bands where you're writing your own tunes or doing cover tunes? Like, now second to the next question, but
2: whoever wants to go with that. Like us as a band? Or, like, when did we all have our first, like, good Yeah, I,
0: I usually like to talk to people, like, how they kind of got into where they are now. So, so if, like... I, Whoever wants to go first.
3: Three years ago, we started kind of playing around together when uh, I guess the three of us were freshmen in college. Um, He's a year above us and he's a year below us in school. And so uh, we started playing guitar together. Mostly it was like five acoustic guitars kind of just playing around with each other. And then about a year later, I don't know if one of you guys wants to talk about this. We decided to do Battle of the Bands, and that's when we like actually tried to organize ourselves.
4: Yeah.
3: you guys can take. I feel
4: like all of us except Mac had been in like band situations before, whether it was like Nick playing with his dad's band or Matt and I had bands in high school, as did Connor. Like, and we all ended up playing in those, and then kind of letting it go as we got to college, but then finding each other and starting it up again, and. Like Mac had not really been in one and had just learned guitar and music to support his. And like a bunch of us are writers. So that fit in really well from the get go with us.
0: So how did you guys like link together? How, who was the one that brought the whole band together? Or did you kind of just, how did that story happen?
2: Um, we have all been members of the same fraternity at some point. Uh, I've known Nick since high school. Um, Connor, Jared and I all joined the the group together Uh, and then Matt came in and tried to and also joined a year later. So we kind of introduced through the Greek organization, Um, but uh, it was kind of like we had all mentioned starting a band at some point. Like we all wanted to keep music in our lives while we were in college and we all talked about it. But when we saw the announcement for Battle of the Bands, that was like, that was the kick to get going. That was like, this is our opportunity. We should start now. And that's what it was.
0: So which friend are you? And I'm an Alpha Delta Phi out of Bowdoin. <laughs>
2: nice. Uh, we were in Phi Gamma Delta. Cool. Yeah, I did it.
4: <laughs> and So we had all, like, the four of us had all talked about it and joked about it. And, like, our school has this Battle of the Bands that often is cover bands and, like, people playing for the fun of it, but we really wanted to like make something cool. And as soon as Mac was, Mac got here to school and like became our friend as well. And we realized like we have plenty of guys and no excuses anymore. And and then it, yeah, it just kind of happened. There.
0: Yeah, so that's the kind of another question. Like the question I, I always ask is like, there's a lot of people that are musicians, they become studio musicians, or they play in cover bands or they play, you know, weddings. and. What what makes an, uh, a, you as artist? Besides, uh, you said that you have a lot of writers in the band, but what made you feel like you had something that was uh, enough that made you know to say or to play that set you apart that you want to do your own music?
1: I think musically we come from like very different backgrounds, uh, not very different, like as different as you can get while staying in the realm of alternative like, rock. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah. And all of us are like totally different writers. So we just kind of started off showing our own singer songwriter like solo stuff and kind of just slowly building up as a band and adding our own backgrounds on top of the songs that we had written as solo stuff. And like probably two or three songs after starting to do that, we were like, wow, uh, we, we really like the sound of what we're starting to make so let's start rolling with that let's stop focusing on doing covers and let's try to like continue on making our own sound and mixing all of our backgrounds and so not I'm be
2: these guys, but i'm not good enough to be a studio bassist
4: <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel like from the like from the jump it was we were doing it for fun and seeing where it went and then there was like a certain point where we could have like called it quits we did we put together the set we wanted for like the school battle the bands, and we didn't need to go any farther, but it wasn't ever like a question between us. We were just like, that was a lot of fun. Why would we stop when we're having nice. such a yeah. great time? Let's just, yeah, keep going. Yeah,
3: the
0: thing with bands for my, you know, I'm in my fifties and I've been I playing since I was like 17 and it's that chemistry. Like when I had a 17 year old basement band back in the eighties, right, it's yeah. the chemistry, you know, I had like a three piece trying to be like cream. <laughs> and, <laughs> And uh, you know, that's who I you know, I was growing up in the seventies. So like everybody that we wanted to be like the doors, we want to be like Hendrix, wanna be like Zepp. And um it's just that chemistry when you get your bandmates and you say, Hey, we're not just gonna do the battle of bands, we got something here, you know. And then you, you then the guys like grow out of it or they, they get married or whatever, and then you keep on going, you find another group, you depends on where you're going. But it's interesting, you have so many writers in the band. So my question would be. So when you guys come up with songs, is it a a collaboration with everybody, all the writers in the band? Or is there like a primary songwriter and the the guys are secondary? Or how does it come together? How do you guys like work that out? Every song is a little bit different. Um, For the most part, to begin with, it was
5: people would show up and say, hey, I have this song. I would like to make it a band song. And then slowly started transitioning more into hey, let's go write together, or I had this idea for a song, let's all all together and try to figure out some parts for it. So it's Mm -hmm. moved from a more isolated to a more group mentality.
0: So are the lyrics, like, written together, or is there somebody focused on lyrics and somebody focused on guitar or bass, or do you guys have specific areas that you focus on, or... you know anybody has an idea and it's like a a group vote or a vibe vote like you feel the vibe say hey that works that doesn't work is that how how is it how do you guys like decide
2: it's kind of different from song to song like these three i would say these three are the main writers Mm -hmm. uh, and lyricists and they'll they'll come up with you know a a chord progression and some words they have with it or maybe like almost a full song full set of lyrics full chord progression full bridge full everything like here's kind of what I have and, and they'll show it to the band and then we'll like just go through however we feel is good once and then try to just put in different ideas in different places. We all kind of pretty much just write our same, our own parts. Um, yeah. it's just, like, it starts from one core idea and we all build from there as we see fit.
0: So typically when you guys are in a writing session are you guys working like on a DAW on a digital audio workstation or are you working like as, as a full band unit working the song out and playing it as a full group or are you tracking it out on a DAW and being very intricate on all the details or is it a combination of all those things?
2: It's very much just a natural full band. Just keep yeah, running yeah. it, keep adding different stuff, keep changing stuff until we like how it sounds.
0: So you'll work it out as a full band a set and then you'll go to the DAW and maybe like work out yeah I mean, I mean, we've
4: just been what we've been doing in terms of recording is just going in with the producer once we have stuff and have ironed it out ourselves oh. we're preparing to go in studio in a few weeks so, our oh, so you, yeah we have just been like run that chorus over and over again just when we get to the end loop back to the first measure just like we were playing it through a whatever but it's just like Three of us playing for the other two to listen to and figure out their part and make sure. Oh, that- it's kind of like old school, like what I used to
0: do. <laughs> my, like what I used to do in '78 and '84, yeah. yeah. Before I got my little Taskam, <laughs> <laughs> and then then I moved up to a like a, a Zoom R24, but uh, yeah, and, a, and then a Taskam 24, but yeah, it's, that's kind of cool because like so many people I talk to they. To today, you know, they're like you know DJs. I talk to EDM guys. I talked to other other producers. I talked to a band in California that was more like you guys. It was a metal band, and they were they they were they were like a hardcore metal band. And they they're in the garage or in their basement, and they work the songs out. But then they go to a Daw, and then they track it out. But you guys yeah. are kind of like the, the, what I did when I was younger, which I I still love to do that. I still tend yeah. to do a stream of consciousness kind of jam band uh, improvisational kind of Allman Brothers style of recording, which is what I call expansive sound. It's kind of just going and doing it like Sun Ra or something, you know, or Parlor and Funkadelic. Those are my heroes. Um, so I'm, I'm going to record in that kind of fashion, and then I'll tighten it up in the DAW, but I really like to kind of track it the old way, which I think that's really inspiring to see your bands are doing that because that's kind of not the trend.
5: <laughs> it there's was a lot of
4: yeah <laughs> it there's a lot of things you can lean on, but I think we have more fun when we let it happen. Like our our shows, whatever are completely click track free because like it's a lot to hold together, but it's also like if we want to play a song faster or we end up playing a song faster, that's how it you know, that's how it goes.
0: Well, you got the guys to do it too because you got a five member band.
4: Right. Yeah, so right,
0: You got like you got these three member units and two member units. They got all these backing tracks. They, oh, right. They're using, you know, all like Ableton Live or they're using Mainstage. They got things synced up to their lights. And the one thing yeah. about that is like they're kind of locked into a performance, right? Theater, like rock theater, Right
1: than like rock show. Yep, yep. <laughs> yeah. That's what we want to like. Nick said all organic. We want to be able to the crowd and really just put on the show that people are kind of looking for, I guess. And if that means playing quicker or bringing it down a little slower, we just kind of look around and And Jared and I are like being the main rhythm guys are just always throwing each other looks to make sure that we're all on the same page. Yeah.
0: Well, I was back in the days to go see Sonic Youth and R.E.M. and Who's to Do and The Replacements. And I was a guy that loved the alternative rock of that time period, you know, back in the late 80s and early 90s. I was like a big fan of like S.S.T. and you know anything on IRS records. You know, I, was, I actually was I was into R.E.M. before anybody liked them. <laughs> I was going to see them when there was nobody there. <laughs> You know, nice. they, they, And I was like, nobody understood what Michael Stipe was singing. But I was like, I, <laughs> I, lo- I actually like the IRS records because it's like there was a mystery with that stuff. And then when I actually could hear what he was saying, I was like, well, I kind of like the mystery. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, that's interesting, you guys. So you guys go to a producer, go to a studio, and then you've, you put your full re- record down. And I think I'll probably try to seg into your new songs because you actually have a pretty big producer helping you a couple big guys. Um, yeah, so yeah. your new song, Speak To Me, maybe talk about how you got that relationship you know, with your um, producer.
4: How
0: did that start? Um, so
4: we, had a, we had like a representative from a local studio reach out. They just kind of have a program where they look for local artists to basically fill their big producers time, give some attention to people in the local community. Because I mean, we're in Cleveland, there's a lot of like Pride of rock and roll here, even if it's not as active as, as it once was in any way. Yeah. yeah. Um, but like, there's still people getting into it and supporting the scene here. I mean, it, re- it is really great. And Tim at a Superior there that we got to work with, like, he was, great and he just likes working with these real people making real music in the area. I mean, but- that's interesting. Yeah,
0: because there's so many people like. In the electronic music scene and you know some people might think i'm part of that but i'm more old school i mean i i don't have a cdj i don't show up to the show with my sd card <laughs> I, I, I show up with my moog and then they ask me like oh you need a sound check yeah because i got a 74 moog and it's like it's it's got to good sound check you know yeah <laughs> but uh it's just interesting that you guys were able to get to like a a, a traditional producer uh, you know that, that you work with uh Fiona Apple who's like you know she's amazing um right, right. and incubus and so and then you've got a couple other producers you work with but maybe talk about speak to me and how, how you got you know that project going and you know it's out it came out on the 10th I've been listening to it and um I'll have my thoughts about it but I want to hear how you kind of got to that song.
1: Um Jared wrote the song um just kind of brought it to the band. And we all immediately were like, yeah, let's... That's it. <laughs> so we started actually playing it. Um, I used a capo when I was playing it. And it wasn't until we came into the... We went into the studio with Jim that Jim was like, Have you guys thought about taking the capo off and just playing uh, power chords mm-hmm. the back? and keeping that beefy sound instead of trying to make sure that your tuning is all staying straight with the capo up on the fourth fret. Yeah. That was when the song kind of started to get like way, way bigger. Um, but Jared wrote it, so yeah. he probably has the best insight as
4: I mean, came So this was like the first song I wrote probably after we became a band, and it was very clearly like thinking in Nick's voice, because there are both sections that utilize both their voices to like, I feel like great extremes, there's like great that Nick hits that none of us could dream of and then (laughs) like when we get to the section with Mac in it and he's like raspy and and soulful like and writing those parts specifically for them it was like our exploration of or at least in my head it was an exploration of what we could do as a band something that's fast-paced one of our like one of our most fun songs to play live just because it's everywhere and Going on. Yeah. What I like
0: about it is it's
4: got this kind of, you know, I don't know
0: if that's, you got to get upset, but it got a grunge kind of feel. It's kind of got like an Allison Chains, like uh, Eddie Vedder, you know, it's got that Seattle sound. And I know you're from Ohio, but you kind of got the Seattle thing that, you know, it's modern rock, but I hear it. And with your dueling singers, it kind of goes in, in a couple of ways where it's like Allison Chains and it's like, you know a little bit of a pro jam but it's you. It's, it's something different because you've got this dueling singers and a lot of those bands were like all like one lead singer so you've got this new thing going on where you're taking that kind of energy of, of that alternative rock and then and, and making it more pop uh, but also still having that grunge kind of like authenticity which I, I like it you like know, I would say like a like a punk aesthetic you got a bit a bit of a punk aesthetic in there which I like a lot.
3: Yeah. It's funny that you say Allison Chains because that was one of the first things that the producer said when he was yeah. recording with us.
4: It's definitely Jim heard that in us and like and some of the comparisons of like the voices and the parts we have to that kind of strain of music that existed and got so popular. But we feel like we like tried to make it fun. So like that week, we've always tried to nail down what genre we are and mm-hmm. don't where we fit in
0: like we're modern rock but what are our where are our influences yeah what yeah that kind of yeah yeah i was second to that because that's where i was kind of going it's like <laughs> your your um your influences seem to be like modern rock is a, or alternative rock or indie rock um so if you guys were gonna you know who are your heroes or who are your reference points what would you you know say is each member maybe has different you said you gotta all have different writing styles We could
2: be here for half an hour talking
0: (laughs) Yeah, I guess you guys feel for on, but maybe, like, uh, with this particular song, maybe kind of name check some people you would think. I think I name checked some of them already, but. I don't
4: know about, for this song particularly. I definitely say we all have very different, like, specific idols that we, like, Mm -hmm. look up to, and a lot of us had people we grabbed, like, when we were younger, especially, like, they're... That their music is what we want to achieve. Like a mm-hmm. lot drummer who could, you know, play some songs, write them. We have like Jimi Hendrix lovers, like Tigers Woe, great rockers, you know. Uh Dio was like one that we really oh, liked. Growing oh, Dio, up with. Yeah, up Yeah. Yeah. Tried to take from all our inspiration, you know. But it's different for every person, and I feel like that shows when we put our parts together.
0: Yeah, I definitely can hear it. So anybody else want to chime in
2: on that? <laughs> I mean, for me, you know, like songs in like the the reggae genre and like bands like Red Hot Chili Peppers that like really utilize the full like ability of a bass. It doesn't really show in this song for me, at least. But yeah. like that, like that's where I try to take a lot of my influence from. Like it's uh, like Ballet Who and and like I said, Red Hot Chili Peppers, like. Lee being able to use the bass the way he can is ridiculous. And I hope that one day I can actually do that. Um, but like those are some of the guys that I look like, up to. Uh I learned um one of the one song that I learned in like high school that I like that made me like fully understand the instrument was The Chicken by Jocko Pistorius. And I, again, nothing like this song, but like those are some <laughs> of the, the instrumentalists that I like take my influence or want to take my influence.
0: That's interesting because, like Red Hot Chili Peppers, kind of have this funk thing that I hear a lot of Bootsy Collins. I hear, a lot of, yeah, I hear a lot of like funkadelic. You know, they had multiple. It wasn't just Bootsy, but that kind of that kind of playing um, from the funk era. Um, you know, they, they kind of you know took it into that type of rock, and it's always cool just when people take multiple genres or they take genres you wouldn't think you could fit into. And a lot of you know some you know things like reggae and and and, and hip hop and and jazz you know fusion when those elements get into rock, it makes it really interesting you know because mm-hmm. I'm a big fan of the class, and I thought it was really cool when they did Sandinista because on Sandinista, I mean you have hip hop, you have uh, new wave, you have punk, and this is a punk band they're like the, the biggest punk band in the world, and they decided to go in a different area you know, that, that opened up how far they could go because they weren't just stuck in right. one area. They are able to kind of go anywhere they wanted to. So that's really cool that you're talking about those kind of baselines. That kind of makes me wonder what your full album
4: would sound like.
2: <laughs> me too. <laughs> no, yeah, no, said,
4: <laughs> definitely a lot has changed in that as we've kept writing because we're more comfortable in our sound and experimenting within it. So, like, there have been songs we do that have, like really funky sections of like bass lines, one that some that stand out. Same with like every part has its moments where it really sticks out and does something like different, but we really like can't escape the sound that we take with all the tone of our instruments and everything because it it is us and it like I feel like comes out in most songs, even when they're a bit different. That's cool. One thing
0: I love about bands, like a lot of times now, you don't really talk to bands because a lot of popular music isn't band oriented; it's more personality oriented. Um, but, but the the one thing I loved in the '70s is like you got a band like the Who. Everybody was an individual, right? Twistle was like a jazz bassist, and he's just running off and, and doing like lead bass. And Moon was like, like just you know going crazy. He's not really keeping time like a normal drummer. He's just soloing through the whole thing. Yeah. Townsend, Townsend was the one keeping the rhythm for the whole band. and so and so everybody in the who was like almost going in different directions, but they were able to keep it together with this cohesive concept. And it was interesting you know they you know Pete would write everything, but he would let everybody in the band kind of come up with their interpretation of what it really should be. And he would come up with these really tight demos. But then, you know, Antoistl would re- rewrite the bass line. Daltrey would, you know, energize the vocal. Uh, and Moon would just take a simple drum line and turn it into what he could do. And so I've always been very interested when you have, you know, bands that everybody kind of writes. Like what you're talking about, that's, that's, that's pretty cool. Where you're not just, like, so you can be very inventive and kind of a cohesive unit that's unique in your individuality but you come together and it works.
5: Yeah we love doing that coming up with this is what I have the idea of this should sound like but do it the way you would because it comes out everyone knows their instrument better than others so it's awesome to
0: see yeah. where
5: make the ideas.
0: It's kind of good when you don't have a, like a dictator in the band. <laughs> some bands like the history of music you have some bands where Some writers are are so uh, into having their own way. They would like rewrite everybody's part, and it had to be the way that writer wanted it. And it's cool to see a group that where you guys have kind of got this democratic way of 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 saying, "Hey, you know, if this guy, if he's the bassist, he's going to come up with the bass. You know, he's
2: the drummer, he's going to figure out the drum parts that we don't like." Yeah, I mean, but like we. still, we like having to be able to like hear everyone's voice in the song, even if you weren't the one that wrote it, being able to hear Jared on the kit or back on the guitar, like you can still tell who's on the instruments.
0: Yeah, that's cool. Cause it's not all being written by one guy, you know, which kind of can, can make it a little less uh exciting. <laughs> um So, so I like to ask about like, how do you record, but we already kind of talked about that. So I guess the question would be, given what's going on now with uh, Corona, are you able to you know, put your stuff down in this kind of situation? Have you had to adapt how you get your songs produced? Are you able to get to a studio, or do you have to do send everything in through the net, or how, how are you
1: managing? So we fortunately are able to get into the studio. Um, we're heading back soon. Um, And basically just have to make sure that we all stay healthy and take our own precautions when we're on our own to make sure that we we aren't getting sick and tracking Corona in. Um, So fortunately, we can get back in with a producer. Um,
0: That's cool. Because some some bands I've been talking to around the world, like in Europe, they have like in London, they had this rule like two people can't be in the same more than two people can't be in the same room. So none of the oh, studios can, can operate. Last you know, two weeks, I was talking to somebody in London. They were kind of lo- not able to get to their studio without sending stuff to the producer and the engineer. And then they have to send it back. <laughs> so, yeah. be, so nobody can like, They got a drummer sitting here and a bass player there and somebody else somewhere else. And they can't get together because they got this rule saying they can't be in the same room. more than two people. Um, so that's how They were able to do that because some some place some places are re- very restrictive right now. But
2: uh, we're so, well, this is one way that we're benefiting in Cleveland, like being one of the first areas that like really shut down when this started kicking off. Like we're just kind of lucky that DeWine was smart about how we handled this in the first place, so we just kind of get to benefit from that. That's cool.
0: I mean, it's, it's been a really hard thing because like you can't, you guys can't do shows yet, right? You still can't do shows. No. Yet. No. Yeah. So I guess the other question we like to ask is um like given that you know bands primarily in this age of the way the record industry is, you make your money from doing like you know, live shows, you do it from selling merch at the show, selling t-shirts, selling like CDs and vinyl and stickers and buttons. And so in this age where you know streaming doesn't really give you that much money um what what's your strategy in this kind of environment are you thinking about doing online festivals or online shows or linking up for other ways to promote your band how how are you
4: doing that i mean a lot of the time we've spent so far we've basically thought about it like this is our chance to be as ready to come out swinging when we have the opportunity i mean we have a lot of plans to like We played some college shows, just shows for people who are interested in music and getting in front of them and being ready to show them everything. Mm -hmm. Doing a lot of writing, getting tighter and preparing. Um, Like we've done the press we're doing for these singles and trying to get them out when everybody has nothing to do at home, but just consume media, whether it's music or in any other form and like hoping we could be that person, but really just getting as ready as possible to have as much fun and play some shows when we can.
0: Yeah, that's what I've been doing with this podcast is like a lot of bands have been hunkered down and have been working on their projects and I've been, you know, helping people promote their projects all over the world. And and it seems like a lot of artists are really doubling down on this time downtime to to you know, tighten up their work or or work on an album that maybe they would have been touring, maybe they wouldn't have had time cuz they would have been doing all these shows this summer and now they can actually finish that record in the summer rather than in the fall. Um, Are you guys working on on an EP or or a project? I think I I saw it in your write-up.
4: Yeah, so we have a bunch of stuff recorded that we're ready, like, that's slated for release once we go through and make sure it's exactly what we want and that it works all out. And then sometime in the future, we'll have this stuff that we're recording soon. So just working on all the post-production stuff and trying to get stuff exactly what we want People to have on their phones and playing in their cars and everything. So, is this giving you this downtime? Kind
0: of giving you more time to do to look at that work. And if you had to tour, do you think you're actually able to like pay more attention to that post production stuff than what you would have normally done? Or you always kind of put that effort into it?
2: I mean, we've only had a chance to release and record and fully finish two singles so far. We're still trying to figure out what our groove is. Uh, four of us are still full-time college students. We're all still trying to work other jobs at the same time, and we're trying to—we're just using this as an opportunity to put more time into writing and perfecting what we have before we go into the studio, so we can get more done once we get there. We're still trying to figure out what our final like workflow for song, from right up to to final production and release, looks mm-hmm. like. But um, right now, we're just kind of using this time to finalize a couple of songs before we get back in uh, to Superior Sound and get more more rocking. Uh, but we just, we're not yeah we're still sort of trying to figure out what we're doing for sure
4: i feel like from the like from when we've had songs we've also just spent as much it wasn't important about like how long it took to get it where we wanted we were just like we need it there and the fact that it's good and what we were looking for in the first place is important so like so we, it doesn't necessarily take yeah, a long yeah. time
0: it's kind of if it gets there it gets there right. and when songs, it gets there yeah. yeah some songs are kind of more tortured than others you know some songs it's like that just happened it's just like it just comes out of the, the muse and you feel it and it, you can look at it and it's like well you know what the first three versions of it the third version's better than the tenth version but it's like stop you know yeah. you don't need to do it. <laughs> you know because that's what you know happens and some people it's like well it's got to, it's got it's got to be a better version out there it's like maybe not
2: i mean there might be but we don't yeah. like it's not yeah. Working for it. yeah right yeah. And then,
0: yeah, so are you guys thinking about um, doing videos to, to support like YouTube videos or music videos for what you do? Is is that something that you're 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 entertaining?
2: We definitely thought about it at some at some point before uh, everything kind of got flipped upside down. Um, we talked about doing one for Lost for Words, which was our first release, and this whole, the whole COVID thing is really thrown everyone for a loop figure out what we wanna do. I don't know if you guys have thought about this more recently, but I mean, last conversation we had was before, was a couple of weeks before speaking these release, we wanted to focus on that, wanted to get it right, wanted to get it done good. Um, and we'll probably actually start talking about that again now, now that, you know, we can reach out to more people, feel a little more comfortable around people that maybe we haven't seen for a few months, yeah. and things along those lines.
4: Yeah. I mean, it's really like, if we, like we have ideas for it and there are people who want to see it. We'll make them at some point, but Mm -hmm. at this point, we're really focusing on like the future music to get there and we've been doing like some videos of covers and things just acoustically that we like playing just so there's something for people to watch out there. I've been doing like an acoustic Wednesday series on our Instagram that we have.
0: Yeah. I've been seeing now. I was just wondering if you were going to do like an official music video work with like somebody like look that eventually you know. yeah yeah. So <laughs> yeah. For sure. yeah it just seems like a lot of they the they, the audience today is so kind of video primed um that they're you know they got the people who you know watch youtubers people play video games everything's so visual instagram itself is a very visual uh place that you know that's how a lot of musicians kind of take that one minute that they can capture somebody's attention and put something out there to kind of trigger interest. And so it seems like that that's a, you know, putting something out on an Instagram, you know, like longer uh, term video, and now that you can do up to 15 minutes, um, there's a lot of bands have been taking advantage of that and finding ways to kind of reach their fan base, especially in this time, not being able to do live shows. Um, But, so, your your process um, has been not really changed because you guys have been able to get to the studio. So that's kind of cool because so many bands in the last two months I've been talking to have been kind of really not de- uh, derailed <laughs> from even their normal process. So it's cool to see that you weren't totally derailed uh, from everything that was going on. Uh,
4: we definitely at practice discuss like what we need to get done. Cause there are certain things during like a season that we're playing out a bunch. We need to make sure that we're on top of songs, keeping them tight. Cause we have, you know, a show next week or in the next few weeks. But now that, you know, our next show is sadly at least like three months away at minimum. I mean, we can't even know, you know, there's no point to keep sp- stuff specifically. Like we can play this tomorrow for an audience. It's like, we should keep playing it. We love playing the songs. I, like we go through our set list pretty Often to make sure everything's on the tip of the tongue at least, but like the pressing, the lack of pressing need for that rather is, I mean, it gives us a lot of time to do other stuff and change our process to optimize the time we have.
2: Longer time to write and yeah, a song closer to that perfect that may or may not exist that we talked about
0: right. yeah iron so when you guys play live you've got your released music like on spotify your two released singles do you have a bunch of stuff that you play that's not actually been released on any of the streaming services that it's still your
2: own material like a mixture of covers and your own material we kind of phased out covers a while ago. Yeah. Um, we'll do them every now and then for like a battle of the bands, where you want to hit the nostalgia for some people or something like that. But for the most part, we're we anytime we play the garage shop, anytime we play at my halls, it's, it's all original.
0: Oh, so you've got a, a whole catalog, but it's not available out Price, there. Yeah, I mean, so yeah. How do we have? Like
4: twelve, I mean, yeah, and they're all like at different levels of how much they're like ready. Recording or whatever because they're like our favorites at the time. There are some we like started writing and but we love it all and like playing it is a great time and We have people who come to our shows like especially friends who Know the ones that they've never been able to hear recorded, but they're still, you know, a fun time and everybody gets into it So out of that set list, how many of those songs are on,
0: on the next project? Did you like you called it from that list? Yeah, we've got
5: five picked out that we'll be doing for the next round in the studio. Yeah, cool.
0: Did you kind of decide based on the audience reception? Um, which those songs already to decide based on what you guys liked or is a combination
2: of oh, audience.
3: No, no, no. Yeah. yeah. Probably more what we like
2: though. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and like the the effort to do something organic that we keep kind of referring back to, like we just play what we are feeling like playing that show. And if we think the audience is gonna have the most fun, if we're obviously having the most fun, we can be. So we pick the setlist based off of like how we're feeling and what we want to play.
4: And then choosing like the songs we record this next time. Like when a set, with a setlist, we want it to grow and be a lot of fun. But with the recordings, we've been more thinking about like what we want it to be as a whole, as like our sound. What, like we want it to come across in the best way possible and pick the things that we have the most fun playing and enjoy the most, but also things that represent sure. us.
2: Yeah. yeah,
0: so that kind of gets to the, in the, um, the way the industry is today, I was talking to a couple other bands, everything is like single focused, everything is like, a, everybody has playlists and people don't do what, when I was a kid, I go get Led Zeppelin IV, go in the basement and listen to the whole thing, you know, I go get Pink Floyd and, and Hendrix, you know, Electric Lady, and I sit in the basement and listen to the whole project, Um so when you're putting together a collection are you thinking of it kind of like an album like the way people did in the 70s or you're kind of thinking well this these songs just like fit together but maybe they don't have a theme do you do you kind of think of in terms of projects as albums or similar or things that would fit together in an album concept
5: Yeah we uh as a group we are still very much uh album focused in what we listen to that is a lot of us when we to put on music. So what album do I want to listen to right now? So um, while we have to keep in mind the balance and what would be good as a single, uh, we definitely are trying to think as a unit uh, what songs go together, what should we do, how can they transition, thinking of it in a bigger picture.
0: Yeah, because like, you know, Sergeant Pepper's kind of started the whole World in the concept of um, albums because you know, in the 50s, everything was just you know, whether you're on Motown or Dax or you know, reprise or any of the old labels, Columbia, things weren't really focused as albums. You know, you had maybe you had a bunch of hits that suddenly got collected and put out as, a, as an album, but it was really when you get Sgt. Pepper, that suddenly you can actually look at the album as like a, 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 a similar to a novel. You know, the musician can actually present a full concept, and you know, we get bands like Pink Floyd, and yes, they expanded on that. Um, but it's interesting to see you guys in that mindset because there's so many bands I talk to that, that don't, or, or, or musical acts that don't think like that anymore. Everything is kind of like single oriented or, you know, playlist oriented. Uh, and, and not really focused as, as a full concept which is heartening because i'm i'm still an album oriented artist myself so i, I, I that's what I, I i try to do concept albums <laughs> I've, I've been working on like i, I have tommy and Quadrophenia in, in the wall and wish you were here i mean that those are the things i i look toward you know fragile progress, uh, you know Genesis albums like you know lamb lies down on Broadway that's kind of like yeah, you know, I'm a keyboardist, so I'm a progressive keyboardist, so I'm always looking for the big concept. Yeah, <laughs> um, so it's just it's a hard thing to hear the, like a, a band of like yourself in this age thinking that way because you know the, I think it's coming back in other genres. It's interesting, like in the in the in hip hop, yeah. there are a lot of albums, you know, from like Tyler the Creator and um, you know, the, Logic. The, and horror, you know, uh, you know, even Kanye West, he, he, people get those records, you know, they're meant to be heard all the way through as a full concept. But on the top 50, there's so many bands that are not that oriented. So do you find it's hard to to kind of operate that way in the way the world is today as, a, as an artist, or you just don't, don't care because you're just going to do
1: what you want to do? <laughs> you definitely don't discount the single-oriented um, mindset. Um, But all of us are album guys. We like the full things. Um, Yeah, yeah. kind of try to mix both worlds together, Um, but mainly kind of keep it on track of what we want to do. Um, Because at the end of the day, we're all doing this because we love doing it. Um, And we want to keep loving it and keep having fun. And I know for me personally, if I had to drop the whole total mindset and have some type of cohesive sound from song to song and work, Solely on like singles, I probably wouldn't like doing it as much. Um, so we're just doing our best to mix the single orientation, the full album.
0: Well, I think it helps with that. You guys are in, in, in and still in a kind of rock area,
4: <laughs>
0: definitely. Like, you know, I was talking to a band from Seattle, um, I was talking to a band from Los Angeles, you know, to play the Viper Room. Um, so there's still these areas, like you know, in New York, the CBGB crowd um you know there's still bands that are band oriented you know still people who are trying to present in that way which you know i it keeps keeps me heartened because you know i i like new types of music and i'm not opposed to people doing uh you know modern music with you know just a pc and a cdj and a midi device or something but i've I've always been the kind of guy i'd like i want to go see like a fusion band or i want to see like somebody, you know, channeling Johnny Cash or, or channeling Robbie Roberts or in a band. Because, you know, they kind of Americana. So if I want to see somebody playing a mandolin or, you know, actually, you know, go to Nashville or go to Louisiana, go to New Orleans. So that's that's kind of where my has always been. Probably more fun or Boston. <laughs> than in some uh, DJ club. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, so what are your thoughts about the music industry and streaming services? Like, what, what are they, like, it's like a double-edged sword in some ways I've heard people talk about, but what are your, your opinions about the way the industry works today?
5: I mean, it's definitely tough uh, from this end, from a financial perspective as well as, even just the the concept of albums it kind of has changed the way people see that but at at the same time the we're in entertainment to entertain people and if we're and streaming is convenient unfortunately so that's the way to go and uh i think we all just have to adapt and figure out what the best way to operate around it is Mm -hmm. because it's what's working or people that are trying to consume
0: yeah I find that what it, what it seems it's kind of like the way the radio was for me and the, as a kid you know the radio is how I found out you know college radio you mm-hmm. know streaming I like the way college radio and their MTV like uh, 120 minutes it was just a show on MTV they used to you know you'd yeah. see Sonic Youth you used to do or you'd see REM or you'd see all these new bands because they gave you a way to hear them And now that was like limited to maybe 120 minutes. You know, you would say two hours an hour on a Saturday night or you do your college radio station, you know, two hours you get your favorite DJ will play all the new bands from SST or something. Um, But now you've got like tons of bands, maybe two, two, so much music. And it's, you know, it's really cool. And you can hear stuff from all over the world, but then it's like, how do you differentiate yourself in a market that has that many people in it?
3: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that I think that these streaming services are really helpful as an advertising tool, but it's it's more that if we can meet people in person or through other social media means like Instagram or Facebook, and then we can point them towards the Spotify, then we get access to a big market that we might not be able to if we were just on the streaming service. So I think it's more of like a combination strategy, like advertising toolbox.
0: Yeah, it's like you got to use your Instagram to kind of catch people's attention with a with a flashy video or something that's going to draw their attention, bring them to your Spotify, bring them to your title, bring them to your Apple Music, whatever service you're on, and then get them to go to the show, and then sell them a T-shirt, then sell them a the vinyl, then sell them the, you know the, the merch, and that's how yeah. you really make the connections with the bloggers and all the PR people, and if you can, you know get. You know, I think a lot of musicians today are finding out they have to do sync licensing. They got to get into you know uh, working on other people's records, uh, you know, and just connecting with you know in, in a scene or getting into a collective. Like a lot of bands I've been talking to, like in, in Europe, in Germany, and like Norway and the Netherlands, there's all these like electronica collectives of uh, guys who are like synth heads, and we're guesting go- in on each other's records. And we're working with all the producers. And then we get, uh, you know, suddenly people in Tokyo know about, you know, the ghost, or I know about some other guy. And we've been guessing on each other's records. And then you build in a community. And it's kind of like, you know, it's a sustained thing. It's like what the dead used to do, um, except it's through the net. I think yeah, that's what you do. to uh, find new, new places to, to you know, connect as a musician and new ways to get your music out there.
5: Yeah, we haven't uh, gotten to actually work with anybody on a project yet, but that's another one of the great things about where we're located, and the, the rock scene around here is really great, so we've gotten to meet a bunch of super cool bands and make new connections to play new shows with or promote each other's music, so it's one of the great things about Cleveland.
0: Yeah, so do you think that's in your future? You'd ever like, uh, you know, in the the hip hop world is like the feature is like very popular where guys will guest on each other's stuff and like in electronica and stuff, it it tends to happen a lot. Have you guys uh, looked into that or because you're focused on kind of getting your brand and your band, you know, into a cohesive unit that you're not really focused on trying to do that type of coordination with other (laughs) artists yet?
4: We've talked about, like, if there's a certain sound we hear or, like, a certain voice that we really like, like, we'll kind of know if there's something we, someone we want to collaborate with, but, like, we're very open to it, but obviously, like, we're doing our own brand thing, and someday we'll be, we'll hear someone's voice and be like, we need to pair them with Nick and Mac and see, like, what happens, mm-hmm. but until, you know, until it really hits us in the face, I think we're, like, open to it, but not have I mean, that's like, like,
0: yeah, like yeah. Yeah. yeah you just got your first two singles would say so you probably focused on, on your first record and your ep and you know getting right. out there
2: we're, we're, we're a big enough name that we might be able to get someone to work with us or we're worth having like we're worth working on someone else's project for. we, we really want
4: to work with yeah you whatever yeah, yeah.
2: music we want to make right now that's been
4: our music and then at some point if we hear something that we we want to try and whatever, we'll go there and just try to make whatever makes us happiest and is the most fun at every turn.
0: So it's it's been really great to talk to you guys. It's um I'm, I, what I like to do is I, as you guys get closer to your next project, we like to have bands come on and have like release episodes where we talk about like a full record. Cause a lot of times we've had episodes where we actually premiere an artist's full record and then kind of talk out through that whole project so once you guys are if you feel that that would be cool we could we could schedule that when you guys are ready to put that out
1: good. great
0: okay thank you we've been live streaming on facebook on my channel and um we're going to send you the link and um this is actually also going to go on anchor fm which is our sister network it's going to go there as a as a audio podcast only and from there, it will go out to 11 platforms on the net. They include Spotify podcast, Apple, um, and um, um, uh, Amazon, and almost radio public overcast, which uh, many, many more. So we're going to hit the, the whole podcast area as hard as we can. We even get it to YouTube eventually. We have to do a conversion to get to YouTube. But um, eventually, sometime this week, we'll be on YouTube as well.
3: And that's awesome. Yeah. Thanks for having us.
0: Yeah, thanks yeah, that's so awesome. much. It's awesome. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. I, I look forward to uh, listening to your records. I mean, I love the two singles that I've been able to hear and your stuff that's on your Instagram channel is pretty cool. So I, I encourage everyone to go out to um the, you know, I got the I got the link up there for your link tree. So mm-hmm. everybody click on that link and and get into sticky however you want to. <laughs> yeah. Thank you very much, very much for being on the show, and we'll we'll talk to you again sometime. Thank you. Thank you. It, it was a pleasure. Thank you very much. Okay. Bye. <laughs>